0: Hello, beautiful. I'm your host and mindset coach, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We are a space of women empowering women, and each week we feature an empowered woman's vulnerable story so that we can learn and grow from one another. And as I sit here and record this week's intro to our episode, It's hard to do it without a heavy heart with everything that's happening in the world, with everything that has been happening in the world that is finally coming to the surface. The racial injustice, the racism, the police brutality. Honestly, when I see what I see on the news or online, it literally makes me sick to my stomach. And even though I approach the world with a place of love and I am just like open to everybody, my eyes are being open to a level of white privilege that, to be honest, I was really ignorant about prior to this. And in this moment, seeing the divide in the United States and the divide around a lot of the world, I really just encourage you, look in the mirror and be honest with yourself and say, how can I show up with more love today? How can I be a better human today? How can I be more compassionate today? How can I be more empathetic today? How can I be more aware today? Because you know what? Unless you're black, you're not going to know how it feels to be in those shoes. But what we can do is we can acknowledge that racial injustice exists, that police brutality exists, that racism exists. Because when you bring awareness to it and really shine that light on the darkness, that is the only way that it's going to change. So I encourage all of you guys to shine your light, to hold hands with your brothers and your sisters, and to really stand as a voice for humanity and support as much as you can. So whether that is sharing messages on social media, whether that is donating to a cause that aligns with you. Like whatever it is that you can do, whether it's reaching out to one of your friends who's dealt with racial injustice and just reach out and let them know, you know, how can I help you today? How can I support you? What can I do? Be honest and say, I really don't know what to say. And it breaks my heart that I don't know what to say, but I'm sorry. I'm going to try my best to do better. And at the end of the day, As long as we try our best to do better, little by little, the change can happen. In my opinion, love heals and love always wins. So in a crazy way, I think all of this is coming up to the surface to be healed by love and to be changed at its core. And I really, really, really hope that this is the way that this all ends up playing out. I say this acknowledging that there are so many people who have been doing this work and continue to do this work. People, especially racialized people, have been telling us to do something for so long. Now I'm understanding and learning that this is a deep-rooted systemic issue and I'm open and ready to stand beside these people who have already been doing this work. I'm taking this seriously and in doing so, I'm reflecting on my own work. And I would like to be more inclusive in the diversity of vulnerabilities of empowered women because I mean, the goal is to be mindful and to learn and to grow from one another. And there's no better way to do that. So as for this week's episode, I actually pre-recorded it prior to everything else happening and it really didn't feel right releasing it without acknowledging the state of things. But I am really, really excited to share because this week we have an incredible guest. We have my dear friend Deidre Siriani, who is an incredible transformational life coach and who is all about living in radical alignment. So in our episode today, Deidre and I go into how to heal from past trauma and triggers that may be coming up as patterns in your life, how to set healthy boundaries, especially with the people who are closest with you. And navigating the things in your life that are obligations or the things that really bring you joy. So, Deidre is all about radical alignment because when you are in radical alignment, life flows beautifully and you can be in alignment with your higher purpose. And fun fact, Deidre is actually my fire sister at Burning Man. So my Burning Man name, my playa name is Fire Fox and she is Fire Fawn. So we did our first burn together and you guys are going to love her. Deidre is a powerful an intense, a compassionate, a bold, a playful woman. And I'm so excited to bring her on the platform today. So let's get to it. I love, I love your brand. I love everything you stand for, the Radically Aligned Life. What does that mean to be radically aligned? Ooh, that's a great question. I was feeling into this the other day. So
1: first of all, everything happens in the exact moment it's supposed to. And before we jumped on here, we were talking about birthing something into the world. And so when you're pregnant with something, like a baby, you can't push it out at six months or five months or rush it. And everything great takes time. And so I remember being under this tree in San Diego um, I, about a year and a half ago, and I was meditating. I don't remember what I was meditating at, but I was at a Brennan Burchard seminar, and a bird pooped on my shoulder. And as the bird pooped on my shoulder, I got the name Radically Aligned. And so I love it when that happens to me. And it happened to me recently, too. So I'm feeling really good about myself. I'm like, Something good's about to happen. <laughs>
0: I love that. Well, they say it's supposed to be good luck, but I mean just to love it when you get a bird poops on your shoulder is just like that's hilarious. <laughs> totally. So, when I think
1: of radical alignment, there's different stages of it and I actually have this graph that I've been creating to really map it out on on our journey and how to really awaken to our highest self and our full potential. But essentially, radical alignment is you are radically aligned. It's like the center of a cross you know, not being religious, but the center of a cross, like it's the dead center of the core of who you are. And there's no being off path. There's no compromising. There's no, I'm not sure. There's no maybes. There's no, um, Oh, um, if this happens, then that will happen. It's a strong knowing of who you are and being radically honest with your path and not compromising and going off path because of distractions, because of old programming, because of what people think you should do, because of self-sabotaging behavior. When you're radically aligned, you are unstoppable. And these are the people in the world that I think of that are the, I work a lot with up-and-coming thought leaders and those who have a message inside of them that they know like they're not quite where they're supposed to be yet. And there's a gap because they're not radically aligned. From the outside looking in though, they look like they have their life together. They seem aligned, but they know they're plain small. They know that there's something bigger. And this is where radical alignment comes into place because the more aligned we are, the quicker we can manifest what we want and the less distracted that we get and the more confident we are. But it's not even a doing, it's the beingness that attracts what it is that we want to have. And there are certain rituals, practices, tools, and um, processes that I take people through to make sure that they've cleaned up trauma, that they've worked through pieces that are still like the, the dust that hasn't quite settled in their life to clean that up. So it's like having a like a diamond that has dust on it. You know, it's about the polishing. So it's the polishing. It's like, you're already amazing. You're already great. You're already rocking. You're doing all the things that you love, but the polishing is in the radical alignment. I would compare it to maybe a um I'm a Lamborghini So there's a lot of people who are Lamborghinis. So they're super sensitive. They're super dialed in when they are radically aligned with who they are and who they're meant to be in the world as far as influence, impact, and all of that. But they're operating, they're giving themselves the fuel of a Honda. And the truth is, if you bring a Lamborghini up to a regular pump, and I don't have a Lamborghini, but I'm pretty sure that you need different fuel, you need different services. And the truth is, when you're a Lamborghini, and you're in the car, and you're out of alignment just a little bit, there's something uh, that's not quite right in the system, it throws the whole thing off, it throws the whole path off, and it can actually take you off track with your full potential. So it's about getting people to know that they have six cylinders, 10 cylinders, whatever, instead of two that they're operating on, and it opens up the doors for everything.
0: I love that. I love the idea of radical alignment. I want to know the tools, the different things that you would use to get people aligned. But first, I'm going to assume that you haven't always been this passionate and this like aligned even yourself. Like, There's obviously a story that sort of got you there. So I'd love for you to share your journey of getting into radical alignment. Wow. So that's a big question. Everything starts at a young age and it's called
1: soul school, right? So We go through all these obstacles. We have these moments of this is who I am when it's not the truth of who we are. And um, for me at a young age, when I was probably six or seven years old, I started to live a dual life. So I would go to school and I was the happy go lucky girl, like friends with everyone, um, had a hard time learning and, and staying focused in school. And then I would go home and I had a family member that had an addiction. And because of that addiction, it was this space of lack of certainty when I would come home. There was a space of lack of knowing um, how things would be and also deep concern for that person in my life. And it was a part of my life that I categorized. And we do this as humans. We categorize moments in time, we categorize parts of our life to disconnect from it because we don't know how to process it. So at around the age of six or so, that was happening. So I'd go home and I'd have a totally different experience. I wasn't able to speak my truth. I wasn't able to be a little girl. I had to be my own, you know, my own best friend, my own parent in a lot of ways. So there was this dual personality, dual life. And so this pattern continued into high school. I was the popular girl. I was friends with everyone at school, but I didn't really get too close to any groups. I was the one that was friends with all the groups because I didn't want to let anyone get too close to me. Because I didn't want them to see the truth that I had something to hide and that I was taking on someone else's addiction, someone else's behaviors as my own. So there was a lot of deep shame and a lot of deep separation from both of those lives. And so uh, naturally, um, when you live with someone who has an addiction or anything like that, or you know you're in a relationship with someone who has an addiction you can become codependent, which is trying to fix everyone else's problems or trying to support everyone else to avoid dealing and feeling what's going on on a deeper level. And also with that, there's also the people pleaser that comes up. I see this all the time with people. And a lot of that comes back to codependency and also having a family member or someone in your world, that has an addiction and addiction, the behaviors, as far as how they act is very different than maybe how addicted or how often they go to whatever that is for them. So again, I was the happy go lucky girl, I had one emotion, and it was I'm happy all of the time. So that continued into my adulthood. And essentially, I had uh, more trauma in when I was 19, I was raped, And didn't know how to process that. So I categorized that again and I got really good at checking things off of the list. That list of get married, buy a new car, buy a house, go traveling together, all of the things. And again, from the outside looking in, it looked like I was the happiest person everyone knew. I um, had the perfect life, the perfect marriage. I had a business that was doing well and a lot of external validation for it, but I was not connected to myself. I was not connected to my truth. And because of that, I was avoiding dealing with the voice that was trying to come up that was saying, first of all, every time I'd reach a goal, I was saying, is this it? Like looking Mm -hmm. around at people, like, is this really what success is? Is this really what love is? Is this really what life is? And that continued to push me to chase new goals but I never quite felt like it was it.
0: It always oh, felt empty. It's like you're chasing these things, you get there and it's like, now what?
1: Yeah, right. And so I was chasing these pieces of external validation. And essentially, I was running away from myself as I was running towards a goal. So I kept feeling that way. And of course, it led to burnout and other symptoms. But then there was another voice that was coming up. And the voice was saying, there's so much more. You are so much more capable and powerful than you know, and I knew deep down that there was something that I was supposed to step into that because of all of the programming, because of all of the disconnect, the dual life, the categorization, it felt like impossible to even bring it into my uh, conscious reality. And so with that, I started to get a lot of symptoms, a lot of manifestations of disease. Because, um, as you know, Sam, I know we've jammed about this before, is anytime our soul is not being honored, it speaks to us through symptoms of disease. And I manifested depression, massive social anxiety, even though I was in front of about a hundred people a day and have panic attacks. I manifested autoimmune disease and food sensitivities. So it's like all of these were the universe or my universe, my body saying, pay attention. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, and if you're listening right now, and I'm sure you can relate to Sam is like when things come up in our body, it's so easy to be like, Oh, well, my mom has this mm-hmm. or it runs in my family or, mm-hmm. Oh, I should take a pill for it. Or, Oh, it's just a part of me. There's like this acceptance of the bullshit in our life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Totally. And, and it's like, and it's the acceptance of the symptoms. And the, the symptoms is a sign that you are so out of alignment with your soul's calling. And I knew this, I was like, teaching wellness. Like I I knew you back then too. Like I was in that wellness space. I own a yoga business and I was living and teaching a lot of these things, but I wasn't really owning it and embodying it. Hmm. So
0: I finally had my wake up call. It wasn't any of the things I said before. Was it like an Elizabeth Gilbert moment? You hit rock bottom with it and you were just like, the universe just wasn't going to let you keep going.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And so I, so I had all those symptoms. I pushed them away because I was like, ah, runs my family, whatever, whatever stories as we do accepting the bullshit of our symptoms in our life. And, um, I remember one day, Sam, and like at that time in my life, I had mermaid hair. It was down on my hips and it was kind of my thing. And I was going through my hair one day as us girls do. And I noticed, Oh my gosh, I am missing a huge chunk of hair. And it was like on the top of my head. I had a massive bald spot. It was like the size of a toonie.
0: Whoa. Yeah, completely bald, completely bald, like
1: right on the top of my head right there. And I just woke up one day and it was like that. And it wasn't like, you know, when you shave something and you can see like there's still hair growth, but you know, maybe it was ripped out or something happened. Like your hair was stressed out. It wasn't breakage. It was totally bald. And, wow. and I remember, I remember the moment getting out my smartphone and, you know, um, having the, the camera on and going to the mirror. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And it was this massive bald spot. This was the moment when the universe was like, okay, D, we gave you this. We gave you that. We tried to whisper. We tried to take it easy on you.
0: Yeah, there were a million (laughs) yellow flags, but it's going to take this one red one. And that's usually what happens. Yellow flag, yellow flag, yellow flag. And we just keep on driving.
1: Totally. I was super stubborn. So I had to learn things the hard way. So that happened. And naturally, natural instinct, go to the doctor. What the heck's going on? Fix me. And the doctor said, oh, well, it looks like you've developed um, another autoimmune disease. And I was like, huh? And she's like, we can give you some steroids or, you know, some shots in that area of your head. But um, she's like, you're probably going to lose all your hair.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's pretty scary. Yes. And
1: they say also, like just going back to um, people who go through cancer, one of the biggest fears for women apparently isn't necessarily losing their breasts. It's actually losing their hair. It was like a, it was a big fear of mine. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I went home, I got the you know prescription because I was like, just in case I get home. And I was like, this is not going to be my story. This is not it. I am going to listen. And I thought of Louise Hayes. I thought of her affirmations. I thought of what our body is trying to tell us. And I don't remember exactly what it said in the book about a bald spot, but I remember being like, it was like self-hatred or or something. And I chose to be with that, which is the truth because my entire life based on past trauma and living a dual life and checking things off the list, it was self-hatred because I was not connected to my soul. And so I remember talking to my husband at the time and he was so not woo, like black and white, thought crystals were weird. Right. And I was like, listen, I'm going to be putting affirmations everywhere. You can make fun of me. You can think it's weird, but I'm not losing my hair. And I like owned that moment.
0: Wow.
1: In that moment was the moment I changed my entire life and my hair grew back. I started studying with shamans. I've actually been working with shamans for almost a decade now. I started doing the inner work meditation. And what I learned through that journey is that, first of all, I believe, and I can see it in people, most people are not even living in their truth. So radical alignment feels like what the F is that? And I get it, I was very disconnected and it took, it took me having that moment to change it. And I know because my soul told me around this time too that if I did not change my life, I was gonna die of cancer in a year. And I didn't have cancer, but my body, my soul was like, you are here to do work and you are not listening, dear one. And we're gonna go after your vanity because you like to pretend that everything mm-hmm. is great and you mm-hmm. can't hide this, so wake mm-hmm. up.
0: Wow. But that said, you probably look back at that moment and you're so grateful. So much
1: gratitude because I know that this is like, what, six or seven years later, I wouldn't be alive. I would not be on this, having this conversation with you if I didn't actually have that wake up call and change because I was so deep in it. And when we're so in something, whether it's a relationship or an area of our life where we have created all of these you know, um, this checklist and we're, we're so in the role, it's difficult to even know that we're in the role because we've been playing the whole role our entire life. So I had to wake up, I had to do the deeper work. It was not always comfortable, but it led me down the path of really understanding universal laws, studying with shamans, what our souls telling us, as well as a bunch of other things which has led me down this path of radical alignment and and seeing those symptoms in people and helping them break through really quickly. And on that note, unhealed trauma, as we were talking a little bit about that earlier, before we jumped on was unhealed trauma, I believe is the root cause of all suffering. Because what happens when we have a trauma and so i had trauma when i was younger like coming home and having a family member not sure if they were alive and then having to like not know how to deal with that and you know continue just showing up at school and in life and shoving it down we do that all the time and we don't necessarily and i say we as a whole with humans we don't know how to first of all identify trauma and essentially it's anything in our life any imprint that we haven't been able to process and when we have a trauma It actually takes us out of our body because it's not safe to be in our body. So when we're not in our body, we actually can't be aligned because it's like we're outside of our body. We're not connected to the symptoms. We're not connected to our heart. And we're constantly being triggered by our subconscious from any images, thoughts, body sensations, emotions, and then the energetics of anything that even slightly reminds us of of any of those imprints in our past of the trauma that we haven't fully completed because it's like a moment that's frozen in time. So I was triggered all the time. Didn't know it didn't mean that I was upset. It just means I kept taking steps away from my soul. And then I had my big wake up call and had to change my entire life. I ended my marriage of eight years. I started a new business. I started saying yes to adventures all the time. I had a lot of deep work to do. And in the realization was the first step, of course, is healing trauma, but it's it's also like, what is not me? And when Mm -hmm. I started to go through that, most of the things, most of the roles that I was living and playing in weren't me. It's not about finding or creating who you are. I, I like the idea of it, but it's more about who are you not? And how is that showing up in your life?
0: That's a really good way to look at it. I feel like it's easy to say, oh, yeah, everything's good. I'm great. Right. But then if you look at the back way, it's like you can get other information about yourself and your situation and your the people who are in your life or whatever it is. And it's easier to be like, well, is this really me? Is it serving Mm -hmm. me? Yes or no? And it's easier to let it go. Totally,
1: yeah, and it's scary too, and and that's why it's really important. Like I know for me, when I was going through the process, it took me a few years to actually really take some of those outward steps of creating change because first it starts internally, and and it can be a little messy. But it's like finding the right community, the right support, being around people who get you, right? And so that's what led me down this path, and and I see it in other people, and I know that. Like we're all here to do something, to create something, to experience love, to bring love, and it comes through the foundational piece of being radically aligned. And there's different stages of that. So, long story short, I
0: mean, <laughs> I long love story it. long. <laughs> long story long. It's good though, because you're here. You're living your, you know, your radical aligned life now, and you're holding the torch for other people to do the same. What are a couple grounded things someone could do and implement in their life that would be really effective in in terms of achieving some alignment?
1: I'm just thinking of, first of all, uh, I have a program that's running right now and we're on module two. And I want to talk about this because this is exactly what we're sorting out. So um, one of the things that I love to do in my life, I do this probably once a year, is I like to create my obligation list and then also the things that bring me joy. So two lists. And this is a very simple way to see the things that maybe um you've said yes to that aren't quite aligned. And you go through the obligation list. So these are all the things that you feel like you have to do. They have the I should be doing this, I have to be doing it, and you do it. You show up for it. But the thing is, because we're so on autopilot all of the time, we don't even know how they feel. So we just do it. And then if we feel like shit at the end of the day or we don't feel the way we want to feel or we're not doing the work that we want to do, it's because we haven't taken the time and the space to assess where we're putting our time, energy, and space. So going through the obligation list and saying, okay, who was I when I said yes to this? Who was I? Mm. Was it the person I was a year ago? Is that still aligned with who I am today? Because you know, like we're all evolving all the time. And if we're saying yes and doing things out of obligation based on an old version of ourselves, well, it could be actually leaking our energy. It can be pulling Mm. us down. So it could be going, outdated. Exactly. Right. And like, I know you, Sam, like you're changing so much every day. So am I like, think about who I was a couple months ago. I'm like, whoa, I've changed a lot. So it's, it's good to reassess, right? Totally. I so love that. Going into the list and looking through them and asking yourself some questions. So number one, when did I say yes to this thing? Who was I? Like, what were my core belief systems at this time? Because it's important to notice your core belief systems around why you said yes to that thing. And then the next piece is, is it still serving me today? Is it aligned with my values today? And if you don't know what your values are, I highly, highly recommend asking yourself what your top three values are because anything that you're saying yes to and you've are, is on your obligation list. And I, I just want to say, having things on the obligation list is not a bad thing. We're all going to have responsibilities and things we show up for, but it's important to know like, is it aligned with my values? Does it make me feel the way that I want to feel? And is it supporting my long-term vision goals of who I am and who I'm meant to be in the world? And if the answer is no, well, my friend, it's time to cross that obligation off the list, maybe have a conversation with someone and say, you know what? I know I said yes to this back when, and moving forward, um, I have to release my obligation to this and let's sort it out. And that's going to free up so much energy and awareness right there.
0: So what would you say to somebody who's at that point, who sees something that they want to cross off, but then there's that fear of actually having that conversation? Because for a lot of people, that conversation is like, they don't want to hurt feelings. You know, it's an uncomfortable thing. So what would you say, suggest to do?
1: That's a great question. I was actually thinking about it. like, and then the people want to, you know, what, what do I do with it? So first of all, I think it's really important anytime we have anything that we've committed to or bought into of our own, whether it's a belief system, an obligation, or, or anything else in our life. What is the cost, okay? What is the cost of not having that conversation? What is the cost of continuing to, um, maybe it's self-sabotaging behavior of feeling resentment towards that person or that thing that you're doing? What is the long-term cost of continuing to show up inauthentically within that relationship or that obligation? And the long-term cost for yourself, number one. So what's the long-term cost on your health? on your relationship, maybe with that person on, um, you know, the long-term relationship with what you're creating, like, what is the cost? Is it the time? Is it money? Is it your health? Is it your relationships? Because the truth is when we're saying yes to something that doesn't feel good and we're doing that people pleasing thing, like walking on eggshells, well, guess what? We have resentment and that resentment is showing up in our physical body, our liver, right? Our, our organs, there's a cost on our health, our mental health, our emotional health, and also we're bringing that negative energy into some of our closest relationships. That could be time that we're stepping away from the things that we love most. And we're probably not showing up as the best version of ourselves. So when you you get radically clear and honest and aligned with the cost of Mm -hmm. saying yes in that obligation, it's going to be like, Oh my gosh, like I need to have that conversation. And there's frameworks to it. It's just like, Hey, so-and-so like Sam. Hey, Sam. You know, let's play it out. Hey, Sam, I know that, um, let's pretend you're my sister. Okay, let's go. So um, let's say that I had an obligation to you and I would, and I've heard this before. You know, I pick up, you know, Sam's kids every week and I hang out with her kids and that's the time that she gets to spend time with her husband, right? I've heard this before and it's just something I've been doing for years. But you know what? Um, Now I don't have time for this, 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 this. So perfect example. Hey, Sam, I I just want to talk to you about something. Is that okay? Sure, what's up? Well, I really love uh, taking care of your kids every week. It's been such an honor to do that. They're so much fun. And um, I said yes to that, you know, a few years ago when I I had a lot more time. And I want you to know that I really appreciate the time that we've had together. And moving forward, um, I won't be able to continue to do that. So I'd love to find a way for us to shift this to support you, but also for me to have my time back because I really need my Wednesday nights. For this project. So, how can we move forward and create that together? Like, how much time do you think that you need, like, a, a few more weeks to, to sort of a
0: babysitter or something else? That's so easy. It just makes right? it so easy to say yes. That's really good because it's really appreciating seeing, appreciating the person, but then like looking at coming out of a win win perspective. Totally.
1: And it's the framework of, you know, bringing it with love. Like, can I speak to you about something? Yeah, of course. Like, everyone's open. And then the acknowledging of who you were and what you were able to do in the past. So honoring the past, right? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. talking about how moving forward, it needs to be different. Mm -hmm. And that's a very easy framework, but acknowledging the past and who you were when you said yes is really important because if you're just like, I can't do it anymore. People are like, well, I thought you liked doing it. And there's all of these gaps in communication. Other stories. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I like to do. And, and, um, is that helpful? Does that answer? your Totally. Question? Yeah? Okay,
0: cool. Totally. And what I love about that too, is even asking the question, Hey D I can't pick up your kids anymore. All of a sudden it's the defense is up like a million reasons go up there. Whereas if you're like, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? And you come in, you're like, yeah, sure. What's up. It's already like creating a safer container to have that convo. So I love that you just walked us through that entire scenario. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. And for you too, like you said, you completely let go of so many things in order to live radically aligned. Do you struggle with that? Or is it easy for you to just drop things that aren't serving you?
1: Well, at the beginning, it was very difficult. It started with really my marriage. That was a big one. And it's never easy to end a relationship, especially when there's love there and and time and, and all of that. So that was not easy to do. But I knew that it was for my highest good. and. For myself and also for that person, because I know that in the relationship, and this is another thing, I'm going back to the obligation list in that conversation. So let's say that we're going back to me picking up your kids every week and hanging out with them every week. Well, if I'm continuing to honor or show up for you, even though I don't feel good about it, it's going to create tension in our relationship and it's not going to feel good you're not going to know why. And I'm going to end up being passive aggressive. That's actually a natural thing with people pleasers. They don't know that they're doing it, but they have passive aggressive tendencies. So when you think about the cost and honoring other people that are involved in these obligations and things that you're letting go of, it's really important to think of what's the cost for them long-term of you playing a role that isn't you or that's expired. I really had to look at that with my um, husband and I was like, you know what? I'm costing him the opportunity for him to be with someone who really, really Um, wants to be in it and is radically aligned with him. And I'm I'm not that we didn't have the same values. And so that's why it's so important to know your values. So when I left, I I knew, yes, it was for me, but I also had to really feel into, I want the best for him. And what's the cost long-term for him? Because he's not getting any younger either. He wants kids and all of those things. And when I could get into that space, it was a selfless releasing. Mm -hmm. And so To answer your question as far as letting go of things, you know, at first it can be difficult, but every time I do the internal work on myself that I I take my clients and people through, I always feel good about it. And the people and the places and the environments that I release, they normally do too. And yeah, there are some people that I've released in the last year, even that I'm like, oh, this is this is awkward or difficult because there were people that were close to me. But I will not dishonor my soul. And sometimes. That means walking away from things and and sometimes not having the kind of conversations that, you know, um, in a perfect situation you would have. But it's about, I will not allow myself to dishonor my soul.
0: And I love that. And that's where the radical part really comes into it. Because so many people be like 99% in, but then just keep the 1% back. And it doesn't necessarily work that way. It's like You have to be 100% an F yes or an F no. And that's like essentially what you're saying. If it's not 100% F yes, I ain't doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. And so with that, with friendships, with relationships, with environments, I have a really tight filtering system of who I let into my inner circle, outer circle, outer, outer circle, etc. And it's not saying anyone's bad or less than. That's not what I'm saying. It's just about alignment based. People in my inner circle have the same values as me. Um, They can teach me something. I can learn something from them. doesn't mean that they're like actually my teacher. It means that maybe they're a mirror for me and my bullshit's coming up and I have to clear it. That's a soul person that I would want in my circle. But there's certain qualities, values, and things that I hold really true to myself in the people that I keep closely. And I'm very aware of um, what belongs where in my life. And it makes things really easy, actually.
0: And I love that you keep on bringing up values. I was actually on a call this morning with my friend, Glow, and we were talking about values in a relationship. And I had never actually done that with my partner, like asked what are your three values? Or even like really told him what mine are. So we're actually going to do this exercise. And all the ladies who are listening, you should do this with your partners. Find out, write down what your three values are, but then also guess to see what your partner's three values Mm -hmm. would be. And then have him do the same or them do the same for you. And then kind of like compare and see if you even see the same situation or the same, same core list of values. I
1: love that. And it's interesting. I was in conversation with a colleague the other day, and, and she's been married for a long time. And she's like, you know, I was at someone's wedding. And and this man said, you know, the the key to happiness long term is compromise. And, and for me and my being, I was like, Oh, I don't like that word. I don't like that word, right? Like my being kind of like tightened. But she's like, No, but I get it. And this woman's been married for a long time. And and she said, you know, it's compromising on the small things, but never compromising on your values. And she's Mm -hmm. like, that's why I've been married for so long. She's like, because we have the same values. We've made an agreement. Like there might be one or two that are off. She's like, but we never compromise on our values. And that's why they are so happy in their marriage because they can compromise on the small things, but they never compromise on their values. And I feel like a lot of us in our dating relationships or um, our, our friendships, it's like there's a clash in values and that's where the chaos, that's where the maybe drama or whatever else comes in. And it's because... Values are the foundation of a healthy relationship.
0: Totally agree. I want to sort of uh, turn the conversation a little bit. We met three years ago Mm. at a Tony Robbins event. The first night we met, we walked on fire together across hot coals. So fun. And then while I was in New York City, I went shopping and bought a bunch of really crazy wild outfits because I was going to my first Burning Man And you were like looking, you're like, you know what? The outfits went on. You're like, I think I'm going to come. And we put it out in the universe. You ended up manifesting a ticket. And lo and behold, we had our first burn together. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing because it was honestly one of the most fun experiences of my life because your first burn is always so memorable. I've been three times, I guess now, nothing beats the like sizzle of the first. and so. How would you describe Burning Man to anybody who's curious about it?
1: (laughs) So first, I have to share the whole story, okay? I mean, not the whole story because we'd be here for days. So I always ask the universe for signs. And at this point, I was getting all these signs to go to Burning Man. But I was in my bubble a little bit, just got out of my long-term relationship of eight years and, you know, wasn't super liberated in some ways and self-expressed. And so Sam, my wild new friend, is like, girl, you've got to come to Burning Man showing me all the things. And then I manifested all these tickets. So I got the ticket in the mail. I said yes. And then I drove down to Burning Man on my own. And that was an adventure on its own. Didn't even know what I was going to wear. I had a bag of like random costumes that my friends gave me. Got lost in the on the desert on the way there. Had a holy F moment when there was a, a T in the road. There's no signs in the middle of the desert. There's a broken gas station to my left. I don't have a map. I'm out of water. Unprepared spontaneity, my friends. No cell phone and, service. No cell phone service. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die in the desert. This is not good. If I go left and it's the wrong way, I might be in trouble. I have half a gas uh, tank left. If I go right, you know, like all the things were coming up. And as soon as I felt the feeling, this police car came up and showed me the way. And it was like this universal sign like D. And like, this is for all of us. When we say yes to the nudges, to the pulls, um, things figure themselves out. And it's cool to be spontaneous. And, and so I get to burning Man. Don't know where my camp is. And it's in the middle of the night, they get you to roll in the playa dust, which seriously took me two years to get out of my car, by the way. So you roll in the dust to like get over yourselves because you're going to have dust everywhere for the next two years. And I get there and it's like this massive city and I can't find my camp. And I get there and I look around and there's people on floating bikes. It looks like, cause there's just all you see is the lights. And I just was like, oh my gosh, everyone's on drugs what did i sign up for? and i remember going into my trunk, grabbing a bottle of wine and my sleeping bag, reclining my chair in my car, having a sip of wine and putting my like blanket over my head and being like, "Why am i here?" right? Like this is just i don't know what i signed up for. My friend Sam's crazy. And then the next morning, i get up and i realize i'm actually parked outside of the camp that we were at. And I'm like, Hey, is uh, Sam here? And one of the guys is like, Oh, she's in that pod. And I remember opening the pod, maybe like 10 inches max. Okay. Sam's sleeping, right? Sparkles all over her face, like in her own, like, you know, world. And all of a sudden she goes from lying down, like she's dead to full on standing up doing circles around, like this pod. Oh my gosh, Titra, Like the playa, da 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 da. And I remember just being like, "What is going on here? Like this is wild. What is she talking about?" You were talking so fast, had sparkles all over the place, probably lipstick on, on different parts of your face from like just sleeping funny. And and I remember just being like, "What is this?" And then you're like, "We have to go to the center. We have to go out on the playa." I'm like, "Okay." So we got a bike, and the moment we just started rolling out on the playa it was like I got high, this wave of being high from the playa dust. And I just entered into the magic of it all. And so many synchronicities, so many moments of just pure joy, magic, um, burning. All I can say is that Burning Man is everything that you could ever imagine. It's all of the lessons at once, and all of the magic. And it's just, it's just a beautiful community of, of everything. And And it was the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my life at that point in my life. And it really broke me open to so many things from that one experience. I can't even get into the stories of it because it's like, it's not even going to do it justice. It's just pure magic. And it's not what you think it is. It's what, whatever you need, you're going to get from the playa.
0: And that's what they say. It's like you go to the Playa wanting to have an experience, but you're really going to get what you need. And the synchronicities that happen there, it's just like there's so many people that go to Burning Man that are so open and elevated and they just go into this vortex of like possibility and uh, there really is no place like it.
1: There is no place like it. And it's so fun to dress up to and it's just magic. And, And it was so fun to share that with you and for you to show me the way.
0: Oh, yeah. We had we had a way. That's for sure. It was fun. <laughs> but it kind of even goes back to the thing that you were talking about before, like all of the things that don't serve us. It's letting go and shedding and like burning even. It's mm-hmm. symbolic. They burn stuff there. They build these beautiful different like monuments and different places. And then you celebrate it. You enjoy it. But at the end, they burn it down. And it's like the idea of impermanence, how things are constantly mm-hmm. changing, like enjoy the moment. But there's a moment when everything is going to be dust. So just like it's really symbolic on such deep levels. I love that. Yeah, I almost feel
1: emotional about that because anytime that we cling on to something, and this is human behavior 101, we cling on to something and we're like, I identify as this. This is me, and and you know, we could talk about my marriage or whatever's going on in my life or your life or anyone's life. But anytime we hold on to something we're not actually in the moment anymore. And so I love that of the burn. It's also the purification of the soul. It's the letting go. And it's just a beautiful way of honoring your past. So um, I think that's a lot probably why we burn, you know, letters that we never end up giving to people. And it's about honoring, releasing and being in that moment. And I remember being at the burn with you, Sam, and us just being dressed like, I don't know, you were like a mermaid
0: or something with your purple hair. I love wigs. Like for me, it's like that's my thing. I love wearing crazy color hair. It's just so fun.
1: Yeah, I could see you having permanent purple hair, by the way. I think it looked badass. I support it if you choose to do it. But I remember just watching the burn with you, like the big burn on the last night and just eyes wide open. Whoa, whoa. Oh my gosh. Like it's such an immersive experience. I've always been an experiential person. So I say yes to things based on what feels right in the moment. I'm like, okay, I have a pull. I'm going to go talk to that person, do that thing. But it's all of the magic in life can only be experienced. It can't be thought about. And so it's about saying yes, rather than saying, well, trying to figure it out. So every time that I've said yes to something based on a feeling, it's all turned into magic. And and Burning Man was a huge piece of that. So everyone should go to Burning Man.
0: So everyone should go to Burning Man. It is a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's another world. And if you are curious, Google it right now and be like amazed by... It's like a Mad Max almost meets... I don't even know what else. A different planet.
1: It's not Earth.
0: It's definitely not Earth. Vortex into another dimension.
1: We're just going to leave it at that. Anything else that you want to share? If I could share like a a message. Is that what you'd like me to share, Sam? Yeah. So... The message is, is that if you are going through anything right now that isn't feeling good, definitely I invite you to do that, you know, assessment, the um, obligation assessment, because that's super badass can change your life. Um, and the next piece is if you're looking to do more of that and find out what the gap is, what is in the way of you having and being and living the life that you deep down want to experience. I have a freebie on my website that I'm happy to invite you over to it's 24 categories of life of where you are now where you want to be and really identifying exactly what's in the way so that you can show up more powerfully for that. And I believe there's also a video series with it that can help you move through that. So you can go run right over to my website, we can drop the link below. It's radically aligned.com. And it's one of the most powerful um, tools that I've used on myself and that a lot of the people that I work with do and this is the quote that I love. The question is not whether or not you are here to do great things. We're all here to do great things. The question is, are you ready to wake up to the truth of who you are and who you're meant to be? Because your soul is infinite. It's joy. It's love. It's abundance. It's connection. It's all of the things that you could ever imagine. Anything or anyone that tells you, you are not that, is not playing in your magic is not honoring you. And it's important for you to remember who you are by plugging in to people to podcasts like this, hanging out with Sam, Sam's amazing, and plugging into the magic of life, because that's where everything great happens. And it cannot be processed, it has to be experienced. So jumping into those experiences saying yes, and I know that you have a Morocco trip coming up um, sometime soon. And I think that's pure magic. So that would be an experience if you feel
0: the pull to say yes to. I want to oh, be there. Amazing. You'll <laughs> totally be there. We'll be there in Morocco some point soon. <laughs> Once this whole it. like, pandemic's over. Yes. Thank you so much, my dear. Thank you for doing this. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. This is so fun and going back to memory lane. It's fun with you, Sam. So there we go. That was our episode. I hope you loved Deidre as much as I do. All of her contact info is going to be in the show notes. Feel free to reach out to her, find her on Instagram. And if you love today's episode, Go ahead and share it with your friends and remember to tag the Hello Beautiful podcast for your chance to be featured. And in case you're looking to level up even more, go check out some past episodes. We have over 36 incredible episodes posted and in each one there are so many takeaways that will just help you live your best life. Anyways, next week we have another incredible guest. We've got my dear friend Marietta who came to the US from Slovakia with $700 in her pocket and built up a career before she lost it all to build it up again. Anyways, I'm really excited to share her story. So until next week, keep being you, be beautiful.